Welcome to Happily Ever After, the podcast where we talk about life's big stories. From great sex to sexual trauma, breakups and breakdowns, icky secrets and happy endings. It's the stuff that makes us human and boy do we cover it all. I'm your host Hannah Harvey. I'm a writer and a parenting blogger at mumsdays.com. That's M-U-M-S-D-A-Y-S dot com. I would be very grateful if you could subscribe and leave a review because it means more people can find the podcast. And I also really, really, really love hearing from you. So please contact me through Instagram at Mumsdays with all your stories of life and any thoughts you might have on the episode or even questions you want answering. You can find all the details from this episode in the show notes. Hello and welcome to Happily Ever After. It's me, Hannah, and today I'm joined by Becky, who is Wild Luna Yoga on Instagram, and she's a yoni alchemist. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> Are you, Becky? <laughs> One tries. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. I really appreciate it. So what do you do, Bab? <laughs> I love how you've opened with Yoki, uh, Yoni Alchemist. Um, so just to describe that a little bit for people who are like, what the actual is a Yoni Alchemist? So this is definitely a term that I have coined. Okay. So when we refer to the Yoni, this is actually a Sanskrit term for the entire womb space, internal, external. We've got everything up in there, ovaries, uterus, vaginal walls, vulva, all of it. But unfortunately, in our language, we don't have a word that encapsulates the whole thing. So yoni, obviously, for me, feels very familiar to discuss. But for someone being like, y- y- yoni, 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 like, who's my friend? Um, so we'll often refer to that as womb space. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to have a womb at all. Like if you've had a hysterectomy, if you've had certain parts moved, but womb space encapsulates a lot of what we're talking about. So it's the same, right? As the external part is called a vulva. The internal part of the low of it is the vagina. So when we're talking about vaginas, actually, that's kind of what people refer to as a yoni, but obviously that's not anatomically correct. Um, And not that I want to be like the PC police on that at all, but it really is the same as uh, calling a penis testicles or vice versa. Like the more educated we are about that, and instead of referring to what we see as the outer part as a vagina, where it's it's a vulva, then the more like, "Uh aha, I've just been educated in that. So hence Yoni, because that would take up a lot of space on my Instagram bio. So Yoni works perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of the work I do is alchemy. So um, it is magic for a woman. And then a lot of the work also then involves mysticism. So I was like, I'm going to bang these two words together. Absolutely pun intended. And yeah, exactly right. Like, uh -uh. Um, And it really means like being able to help a woman feel transformed within herself, within her womb space, within Yoni, because often, right, especially women that have had kids, women that have been through abuse, through trauma, through just sex that just was not enjoyable and we wanted to shut down, we detach and we numb out. So Mm -hmm. whilst we might have womb space, now is the time we get to turn that into gold. 
And that's what alchemy was all about, right? Turning metals into gold. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. We want to think about literally our pussies glowing up, sparkling. Like we want to feel so connected and so um, familiar because we can, and based on cultural reasons, our parenting, societal conditioning, we're like, oh no, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Or like, it's down there or, you know, right. And actually, yeah. you know, hey, no, <laughs> I have one of these. I'm all good with owning it. So it's about making a woman feel really empowered in her body um, and owning her pleasure, owning her sexual organs and her sexuality. So, and how do you do this? What are you doing with your clients? Tell <laughs> with your yonis. <laughs> so no, there's there's never direct contact, right? Um, but I do a vast range of things. So I started out teaching yoga. Um, and that's actually something so I had after my first daughter who's now just turned 12 um, I had terrible postnatal depression and I went to a weekly ashtanga class and had weekly counseling and the combination of the embodiment and the talking therapy literally saved my life like I really don't know what would have happened had I have not had this medicine mm-hmm. um, so for me, I was like, oh my goodness, I want to share this. Like, I need to help out other women. I want someone, if even if I can just make one other mother feel that they're cared for and listened to, like, I've done my life's job. That's it. So I love doing that. And then as I was progressing through my journey, um, I was like, there's more to this. There's more that I want to offer. And so I thought, okay, cool. I'm really into Reiki. I'm really into crystals. Like, let's do that path and see where that takes us. Um, a lot of like shamanic practices too and then I was like yeah I love that but I'm I'm still not like still not there these women are coming to me with something and I'm helping them in a way that I haven't quite put a label on yet so with crystals and reiki I then developed that into um, yoni alchemy so there is like imagine womb space obviously externally being like covered in crystals receiving loving reiki so there's lots of youngness when that happens and um, like body work, as we've worked together before on that, yeah. um, is is fundamentally important because, you know, particularly mothers who are being touched because their kid is like, let me touch you. Or like, you know, it's not like breastfeeding or like grabbing your hair and you're just like, oh, I love you. But like, oh my God, stop grabbing at me all the time. Yes. Or we might have a partner that's also then like, also love me, love me, love me. Yeah right and then the ability or even say during labor during smear tests during like doctor's appointments we're being touched but in a way we're like oh just get the fuck off right yeah like this is not comfortable (laughs) this is not what i want so actually we are craving we're craving other human touch no not i can't speak for everyone but like especially during lockdown oof like the amount of um well the lack of touch the huge impact that that had for our nervous systems was major. We we are born um, sociable creatures. We are born to connect with others. When we connect through polyvagal theory, like we're right in rest and digest. We feel very comfortable. So we're able to connect. Like we're able to have that social ability turn on. Yeah. So when the world was like, you can't see anyone that you love, don't go near them. The world will end and it will be your fault. Yeah, you will kill your loved one. You will kill your neighbor's nan if you look at her. Do you know? You yeah. know. It's like, oh God. But even though obviously we had to go along with mm-hmm. um, policies and procedures, you know, for the house, it meant that we started 
uh, not receiving as much touch as we would want. And so for a woman to have touch that's obviously, of course, consensual, always at the like foremost of it, um, and in a very loving, holding way where there isn't anything expected, where that woman can just go, ah, and just surrender into her feminine completely. So I was like, ooh, this is incredible. Like, I want to do more and more of this. So, yes. my, I mean, we've done body work together, right? So we know that it's never head to toe massage. We follow 60 minutes and this is the sequence. Like, it's never like that. You get a woman in front of you, you put like, you sit with her, you talk with her for ages beforehand. You're like, okay, cool. Let's give you what you need. Let's make you feel freaking unique. Let's make you feel wonderful in your body again. Yeah. So then that then developed into nervous system work, which I love to geek out about. Mm. Um, you will have to like give me the, uh -uh <laughs> when you see me just go off on one, but nervous system work for women is just, just fundamental for our sensuality and sexuality, because we need to feel safe in our bodies and yeah. able to even be aroused, but soft enough to receive as well, open enough, like feel safe and secure. So I started doing more and more work into that. Um, I then did sex coaching, like that just opened up and oh my goodness, I just love it. As in um, like Gillian Anderson in sex education? Uh, uh, similar in that she's a sex therapist, right? So she'll get someone to come in. It's very like chair-based, couch-based, which we kind of really see in like, only like psychoanalytical kind of Freud union work. Sat with a notebook going, oh really? <laughs> Up yes. your bum. Okay. Tell, tell me more about that. Oh, an anal fixation. Okay. What would what was your mother and father like when you were pre-verbal? I mean, the thing is, we do actually talk a lot about childhood parenting conditioning. That so actually a lot of my background is I worked for a mental health charity for 10 years. Uh well, nearly 10 years. That um that definitely comes in. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity because it it showed me it, the other side of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with the sex coaching, for me, the part that wasn't my cup of tea necessarily was the mechanics. Try this toy and this, even though I don't bang in lube, which is a CBD lube, which is the one. Please tell us and we will link to it in the show notes. Yep, absolutely. Like that's, <laughs> that is the one, my friend. Um, or like this position or get him to do blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. Like it wasn't the nuts and bolts for me. It was a lot about the nervous system. It was a lot about communication, yeah. um, a lot about intimacy and pleasure. But for me, see, whereas I won't work with men or even couples, for me, the priority is always the woman. And it's making that woman feel like a goddamn queen. When she comes in, she gets everything that she needs everything if she needs to talk to me for the whole session that's what she does if she's like just touch me i need to be touched like hit like just tickle my hair and just do pretty things like fine that's what she gets if she's like becky i'm really ready to be like pulled open and hair pulled and expansive that's what she gets breast massage you know so there's a lot of there's a lot of what are you craving and let's work with that so it's it's very intuitive very um gives that woman permission to be like hey this is what I need. Yeah. And you can't get that. that from the nuts and bolts all the time. Maybe occasionally you can be like, you could try this. But yes. I'm like, thanks for that position. It's mind blowing. And that's what we do every time. <laughs> right. Great. And there's nothing that, you know, that work is really, really important. But for me, <clears throat> sex with a partner or partners is um, the sort of cherry on the top. When we talk about another or bringing another in, that's like quite far down the line for me. 
making a woman feel very sensual in her own body and in the day-to-day experiences is the place that I like that's that's my fave okay this is perfect because I have got many friends who are in a place in their relationship where they're just not into sex anymore they've completely lost interest and I don't know whether it's a relationship thing or post-motherhood or perimenopausal stuff or what but it's it feels like you know it never mind your partner do you know what I mean because then you're just doing service sex you're just seeing Mm. to them and that isn't good for you either if you're just doing it for the sake of someone else like they need what you're talking about I love that you call it service sex because my husband and I joke about it, but we used to call it maintenance bones. Yeah, like you need it. It's the glue in the relationship, but equally, yeah, it needs to be consensual. And if you're just doing it for somebody else, they're not going to enjoy it either. No. And, and the difference is with that as well, and you've touched on a really good point, is that even though we might say yes, even though we might lie down and we're like, oh, well, I'm with a loving partner. We're in love that like, this is consensual. I, I obviously, I don't feel like this is abusive, but if we're like, oh, I kind of would rather be doing like 297 other things right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Womb space is actually not consenting. So even if you're like, yeah, okay. And even if it feels kind of like, all right, and you're getting wet, you are lubricating. It's like, oh, there's, oh, yeah, all right, okay. Or even if there's nothingness, it's numbness. Or even, oh my goodness, the worst discomfort, right? We actually don't have consent from our bodies or from womb space. So we're going against what our womb wants us to do. When we start doing that, we're saying no to ourselves and stepping into how we want sex to be. Now, when we think about, you know, that kind of question about quality over quantity, that's what we want. We want it to be, and it, they don't have to be full body, mind blowing orgasms and everything. There's candles and rose petals. I mean, oof, if there is, right, great. But we want something that feels pleasurable and that doesn't even mean climax so we often think about sex as right and especially for men right zero to 60 that goes from nothing (laughs) to ejaculation that's the end and we have porn to thank for a lot of that and believing that that's really what sex is about is a you know is pleasing a man and it for sex finishes when he finishes Mm -hmm. so a lot of this you know is conditioned into us even if we don't watch porn you know this is what our peers, this is what our friends, when we're growing up, you know, guys are watching. And if someone hasn't reached out to them and been like, actually, son, let me just tell you the real, like how the birds and the bees work. A woman really likes this, but obviously speaking in a heteronormative term, <laughs> like that. Um, but if they're, if they're not being guided by something or especially when we're younger and we're having sex, like we don't really know what we want. No. we don't really know like what works for us and what feels good again we're kind of going what we see in the movies how a woman just comes in 10 seconds I mean firstly 15 times her, 15 times again and again and again oh my god first time was amazing right so we're being like dubbed into it's like when you see in movies when a woman goes into labor because her waters break yeah yeah quick know get her there oh shit the baby's coming the, the crown is right but 48 when, hours later for me Right, thank you. We know that a precipitous labour, i.e. when the waters break before anything else happens, is actually quite rare. That's not how every birth starts. 
despite even in 2023 seeing movies where the woman is stood there and she's in these like jimmy chews and she's at lunch and then oh my god right (laughs) that that needs to stop that That happened for you no i mean actually second time um and that's a long story but yeah it does a precipitous labor is actually more rare than it is common um but that's not what we're here to talk about today um so yeah so there are there's a lot of conditioning about what sex should be or who it should be for Mm -hmm. so if we're doing these service sex sessions or maintenance bones like two to three times a week we could be like oh yeah we have sex all the time we have sex all the time it's like okay great is it good sex is it good sex do you like it are you enjoying yourself are you aroused even if it's not climatic are you aroused uh right and then we start looking at things okay cool let's talk about that yeah. how does it make you feel right so r- much rather a decent session over many nonsense sessions mm-hmm. we're not here for subpar sex and as a woman gets older and as we become mothers as well like there's the whole oh like sex kind of dwindles as we get older absolutely no like we know exactly what turns us on we're much more likely to be like i want to do this i want to try this right whereas when we're younger we're kind of eager to please you know and we do it for our partner we do it for someone else but then when we step into motherhood you know we kind of get to sit on the throne and wear this crown and be like oh my god like look what my body has achieved look what womb space has achieved from now on she gets treated like a queen or it's no go (laughs) so we just start claiming more and more so the more confident some people do some people do of course right but that is there there's there's the there's the mysticism of becoming a mother and how we get to be like wow i'm kind of the wise woman now like i made a freaking kid i'm not going to put up with having shit sex right so that's even if we're not saying it we we maybe yeah and some of these people that are just not into sex maybe that's the connection they haven't made. Their womb is literally like, fuck off, unless you're gonna treat them right. So you're therefore not interested. Think about sex education as well, right? It was either bleeding or babies. That's what your womb's good for, bleeding or babies. Oh my God. What's a clitoris? Yeah, oh, a where? Right, so and in fact, so Izzy had uh, somebody older, she had sex education, I think um, year five or year six. And she came back and she went, mommy, you'd be really happy. They actually said the outside part is a vulva and not a vagina. Because I, I had pre-prepared her for this. I was like, if they even dare try and tell you that that part is called a vagina, I need you to put your hand up and correct them. So she came back and she was like, mommy, you know, they said what you said. I was like, yes, winning. Um, and so even, even the language from a young age, like I've got two girls. So right from the get-go, it was never a nunny or like whatever baby was right but you wouldn't call your elbow something random or you're not like anatomically <laughs> right let's let let's get it right so even though it's funny because my husband was well uncomfortable with it like oh like a two-year-old being like vulva <laughs> i was like legend freaking love it so again it's that it's it's making our kids feel comfortable in firstly speaking to what it is and giving it its correct name um you know nothing that isn't necessarily for everyone but when we think about transgenerational guilt shame societal cultural that gets fed through we kind of need to be like okay cool well how can i change this moving forward 
how can I help, um, you know, our daughters? Yes. But also like our sons be aware of what really, what really it's all about. So yeah, during sex education, it's like bleeding your babies is really not much about pleasure at all. And that it is mechanical and that it's designed for a man to ejaculate and for the woman to get pregnant again, heteronormative. Right. But it's, so we're missing out on the fact that, um, well, we can just do it for pleasure. Yeah, let's just do and it you know, fun. One day you'll enjoy it, right? It, it's that it's that type of thing. So, um, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of detachment, especially after we have kids. Um, perimenopausal, uh, say we're like we're dry, you know, and we're like, oh well, like that's a noticeable difference. Sex is uncomfortable. Like again, that's where like a lube is fantastic. Um, but it, it's really that understanding because there's a there's a thing called arousal non-concordance. So we might be mentally turned on, but actually like, oh, I'm not producing any lubrication. I'm quite dry. Like what's going on? I thought I was turned on. Mm-hmm. So it's having the mind-body relationship is really important, like as to what is going on. Um, and after we have been through something, like birth is trauma at the end of the day, like it's a trauma to the body and the, mentally, come on, let's face it. Um, <laughs> So that where we detach, we numb out. Similar if we've had a C-section, yeah, like that whole part of us we can be like doesn't really exist. Yeah. Our boobs, it, regardless if we're bottle or breastfeeding, like milk's gonna come through. So all of a sudden we've got these two freaking beach balls on our chest and they hurt. Oh my goodness. Remember the first time you got into a shower and even the, the pressure of the water, ah yes. like I have got, got milk spraying everywhere and everywhere. you're not in control anymore. No. So we become detached with the body. Uh, if we've had an episiotomy, if we've torn, it, you know, scarring, we're kind of like, oh, I really, I don't want to look. It's a, it's a mess. And, you know, that saying, oh, it makes me, literally makes my ovaries curl up. Um, it's like watching your favourite pub burn down. I'm, it's squeezing you, what? So yeah. awful. Ridiculously awful. Ridic- and, th- and things, terms like the husband stitch, right? Like back in the day, which it doesn't happen now, but... Bloody over doesn't. Um, so yeah, if uh, if a woman had torn during birth, like that that whole kind of oh, the husband or the fa- the father would give them some extra money to like sew it up a couple bit a uh, couple threads more so that it was tighter. Oh, All of this stuff is right exactly. So how are we gonna be like? Oh my goodness, my pussy is actually beautiful after I've had a kid. Like we're not. We're gonna be like I don't want to look. I don't even have one. I'm I'm pissing blood from it. Like. <laughs> absolutely not right so we are so a lot of the sensuality coaching that I do with women a part of the homework is to get like this beautiful but small handheld mirror and after I remember being the same after Izzy I had stitches and I remember without looking I was like I'm not fucking looking but I could feel like a bit of my thread poking out and I was like that is oh my goodness I I can't even imagine um and I didn't have the same with Willow but I remember um, just that sensation of being like, if it feels like that. And in my head, I've got this like engorged yes. thing going on. Like, oh. like a massive gash. Yeah, like again, like again. <laughs> I fucking hate that word. So, so for, uh, I get them to buy like a, either a very beautifully ornate, decorated handheld mirror or, or get one and then applying crystals to it or glitter or just making it really special. So subconsciously we understand this is like a thing of beauty. Yes, the ceremony. It's, really, it's ceremony, exactly. It's having um, 
like a but I'm I'd love to talk more about this in a bit like um kind of awakening our sensuality but get them to have a bath and candlelight and massage with oil so they do like they feel down regulated they feel safe in their own bodies because we can't tell another woman how to feel safe in her body so whatever she needs to do um but say so it's low lighting right and there's no full length mirror near us but again a small handheld mirror and be taking a couple of breaths and if it's the first time that we've looked for even for a while just you don't even have to have children but like this is great to do during menopause it's great if we're not that familiar like if we um if the uh, menstruation products we use aren't they don't involve like much touch so if we use pads instead of like a moon cup or whatever so deep breath and then just taking the mirror down and just seeing a part so we might just see like the outer parts like even where the thigh meets the outer labia like, and that might be enough for the first time. So nervous system work, right? That titration is bit by bit by bit, nice and yeah. slow. If that feels okay, we're willing to go a bit more, just moving the mirror round and checking out other angles and bit by bit by bit until we can kind of see the whole vulva. That, if the woman feels safe enough to expand on it bit by bit and over the weeks, we then get a bigger mirror. Obviously, this is something she does in the privacy of her own home, not that I'm not there. Sitting watching. Yeah, but I mean, eventually I do. There's a lot of stuff that I do want to do, but that that will come down the line. Um, and then uh, seeing herself naked in a full blown mirror, like head to toe, that takes a lot. Oh my gosh, that takes a lot after you've had a kid to be able to actually look in the mirror. Yeah, and that doesn't mean to say you have to love what you see, right? But it's just to be like, okay right now this is what my body is doing this is how my body looks okay cool right now this is how womb space is um and so bit by bit by bit we just bring in the like it's almost a reintroduction to our bodies to our vulvas to our vaginas to be okay cool it's different my body is different now but i'm gonna try and work with what i'm working with so you see how at this point sex with a partner is so far away yeah so far away because we're coming home to our bodies um so that covers like a lot of the work yoni steaming oh my goodness yoni steaming is absolutely incredible postpartum and that's what it was for thousands of years ago that's how we would heal postpartum what um is it? sorry yoni steaming so um being over a bowl of boiling water um and there are safe ways to do this so like it isn't for everyone and there are um contraindications but it's essentially you you are either over a bowl of hot water or you might have um, like a sauna thing in a stink because you have proper yoni steam uh, sauna boxes that you can sit on. Wrapping yourself around with a towel and a blanket and being open so you're, you're naked. I mean, you can have clothes upwards, but obviously you want womb space to be um, exposed and you gently just sit. And it is, you know, like when you steam your face over a bowl, it's exactly the same thing. So we check it for temperature. Like, as I said, there's lots of like, don't just go try this at home because I'm just, this. <laughs> but you know, there's lots of things that we have to check out. Um, but yoni steaming is such a beautiful way. So we do, we don't do it when we're bleeding um, and postpartum, we do it like as soon as the kind of bleeding has stopped, but it softens the uterus. It helps oh, what it can do. Do you know, it's so powerful that say you've had your tubes tied or you like you've had the where they've actually been like cauterized so to stop the eggs coming through because it heals scar tissue at such a quick rate that if you've had that done and you do not wish to get pregnant 
it's an intrication because a contraindication because it can soften that scarring tissue and open them back up right so there's no um it's not unbearably hot it's not because we're saying i've just seen as well bloody hell one of the kardashians have released these gummies did you see on my stories i was like release gummies to make your pussies taste a certain way you know like the whole urban myth about having pineapple for men makes their semen taste different so she's done this like um it is full of vitamins and, and actual healthy stuff in fairness but some of the way that it was marketed is very much like about it tasting sweeter yeah so the vagina is very man focused very man focused right partner focused so um it's self-cleaning so it's not to say that you're trying to uh clean it it's not to say that the smell isn't right and we're trying to change it with different herbs and stuff like that um it really is to help so much um healing really and, and softening through so it can lengthen a period it can shorten a period depending on what herbs you have if there is uh, if we're working with thrush if we're working with utis it can clear all of this out it really is but imagine like it's it's just steaming water um and it's the vapor so it's not like you're not um douching yourself it's not like a freaking boiling douche it's not that (laughs) very very gentle it's very soft you work with your body um in trying in traditional chinese medicine we believe that anything um disease comes from is stagnant energy so imagine that you're bringing warmth back into womb space warm blood a fresh flow of oxygen you know we're getting the movement the uterus space or womb space element is water feminine so we're honoring that kind of Mm. magic that moves through so that can be deeply healing too so when we realize that we we don't just have to either bleed from it or have babies from it and we're like you know, or even orgasm and saying we're having great sex, amazing, but actually we can go even further into this healing. We can go even deeper into this journey. And it really is about learning more about ourselves, but awakening the sensuality is just delicious. So you see, again, partner stuff way down there. Even if you're like, okay, I've had my six week check. We're okay to have sex. Like even if you're ticking that box and no, thank you. um, We want to feel it it is there is a part of it that feels like doing it for the first time but this time we get to be older and more educated and more having a long list of non-negotiables about what we want so when we have a bit of that awakening and like say we're having a bit of a conversation you know someone listens to this podcast I'm like fuck do you know what I'm actually done with a maintenance bone I'm really over lying down on the floor on the floor I just love it (laughs) (laughs) on the bed or wherever (laughs) but it's yeah it's it's that we we get to um yeah we get to be like hey mm -mm, this is what i want from now on yeah and connecting back into that yeah so there's a lot to be said so um where i do sensuality coaching i have this uh, where we work with yoni eggs so um a crystal egg that we insert into the vagina so this is a three-month coaching program because it's so um in depth and must be at the rate that the body and womb space give consent so even when i get women come to me and i give them their egg like present them through ceremony it's like it's very elaborate it's very beautiful because we really want the subconscious to be like oh my gosh this is so luxurious special like so self-seductive i'm into it even if she's like, Becky, I'm so ready to take that egg home and insert it. I'm like, with love and light, of course, it's your body. And if you're absolutely wanting to do it now, I'm never going to say no to you. 
but I don't teach insertion and release until the second, if not third week of our coaching together, because we want time with the egg to, um, yes, to merge energies, you know, and, and to on on the magic sort of side of things and create a beautiful altar for it and be like, wow, this is, this is an investment in myself and my sensuality. But also because we're trying to work at womb space, like pace and how quick she wants to move. Because if we've, if we've had abuse, if we've had trauma, if we've had like birth, you know, where we've had, or even smear tests and examinations where we've said yes, because we kind of know we, on a, in a way, we've we got to, but womb space is like, no, please don't put that speculum inside me. Oh, please don't use freezing cold lube. Please don't, you know, there's just so much. Oh, great. Crank it open. Yeah. Shining a torch into me while my knees are in stirrups, like, mmm, having a great time. You know, so there's so much that we even like verbally have to, well, we never have to, right? But that we agreed to. But womb space is like, oh, fuck, really don't want to be doing this. Right. So there's the whole point with Yoni eggs, like we might even introduce the egg to the vulva and that's it. Like it might be just an external introduction and that's it. That's enough for one day or even a week. We want to be aroused and excited. Yes. Not that it's for pleasure, but because we're ready and we feel safe and secure enough when we act from like nervous system regulation space, and we're like, oh, okay, cool. This is my journey. So I have a client that, you know, has never inserted the egg at all. But all of the work that we do around it is so fundamentally important to her sensual awakening and to just finding empowerment for herself. That's why it's called the path of the empowered empress. So Yoni eggs, just to give you some history on those, used to be used like um, back in like Chinese emperor time. Oh, the emperor would have like loads of consorts. Um, I want to say concubines as well, um, similar thing. And they would use like, you know how um, back that like the emperor, like when we've done our magic school and research and stuff like that, it's all about longevity. They wanted to live forever. They wanted to be immortal. So living as long as possible was really important for them. And jade is, is a very good luck, is a very prosperous um, crystal that uh, we see a lot in Chinese culture. And so they used to use eggs from, and we can still get them now, obviously, but from Jade. And that, you know, that's real potent kind of work because they wanted, you know, they wanted to keep the emperor interested. They wanted to kind of, you know, be in his like top three or his main squeeze on the side. <laughs> um, you know, so the queens, the consorts, they would, they would do this, you know, to try and not necessarily like, and we have to be really clear here is not not to have had a tighter vagina like that's something that we really culturally need to drop um but that you know she was able to step into her sensuality and like own the space mm -hmm. so they would use jade eggs to do this um because it's very different so sometimes you know we hear about kegels we hear about vaginal weights and the idea of like squeezing and squeezing and squeezing and making it tighter and squeeze and all of this that is literally 50 percent of the argument and the reason for them as women we are hypertonically tight which is typically actually and not just birth but where prolapse comes from or incontinence because if you imagine they're still muscles they still fatigue imagine you've been pulling your belly in pulling up on the pelvic floor or as we say like pelvic diaphragm mm -hmm. because it's not a cold flat anatomy object like very much not so 
Um, we're squeezing, we're pulling in, we're trying to be skinnier, we're trying to look good in this photo, that photo, that actually the muscles go, screw this, I'm out, oof. And then they just release and then we feel the numbness and it's really hard to, um, and we have to really do the work physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually sometimes to like feel alive and awake and heal after prolapse. So when we know that, um, you know, even things like um, bouncing back after a baby, and again, things like the husband stitch and all of this just absolute nonsense. There is so much pressure, societal pressure for us to get that tight pussy again for our partners, right? Like, oh my God, please do one. <clears throat> so that um, is all about the release. So we insert an egg, but then we do exercises around with the emphasis actually on being <sighs> release. <sighs> right? Notice how you just took a deep breath when I did that your mouth opened, your jaw softened. I bet you any money that somewhere in the pelvic diaphragm, it just went, ah, oh, okay. All the muscles in my back just went, you don't have to be tense. You don't have to carry this nonsense. This isn't yours, right? So when we work that, so again, even though there is a deep, beautiful magic side of this, there's so much for me that's also nervous system based. Like I really do love the clinical science. Um, I do find it very sexy. Or at least I try to combine the both to make it very sexy. It's so sexy. <laughs> but the science yeah. is just so sexy. Um, so yeah, like when we when we get to kind of relearn that and re-educate and therefore empower ourselves, and we're like, oh no, I don't have to be doing my kegel squeezes and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze all the time. It's actually when you soften the walls, when you open your mouth and ah, when you take an exhalation, we move into rest and digest. The nervous system feels so much more safer as opposed to when we squeeze in, when we really tighten the mouth, when we take gasps in, we go into fight and flight. Yeah. So we do the opposite. So imagine like having sex when we're like trying to like squeeze this. and yeah. Yeah, it, it becomes like friction. That's that's not hot. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> is not hot we've all been there so it's that like the easing into it but i swear down when i started my yoni egg practice it changed my life literally changed my life my whole i don't i don't think i knew you before um like my branding is the was the way that it is mm-hmm. so it used to be my pisces sign so very watery very um astrological stars even though i have moons now but it was all blue and pink and purple and kind of twinkly mermaidy vibe right yeah and when I did this work I was like holy shit no it's my Aries moon sign that needs to come through I had to burn everything down metaphorically and literally and it was deep blood red so that real fiery Aries energy came through and I was like this is how I need to live my life and I'm going to do this in every single aspect of where where possible are you um, pisces and aries cusp so pisces sun so my star sign is pisces but my moon sign is aries okay so like and so my uh, pisces even being like the creative the healer the art it, that sort of romantic notion and then aries being like the fiery one the driven one the like warrior s kind of energy so when I was like, you know, and I always had been quite a sexual being from, from a young age. And then having kids, you're like, that went out the window. And you kind of, you get lost in that fog. You're like, okay, well, I'm a mum now. And yeah, that's what it's for. And blah, 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 blah. it was when I started doing Yoni Egg work, I was like, 
uh for who i'm just gonna spend the rest of my life having like sex which is just <laughs> no no i don't think so i do not think so so yeah so i did the work for myself and again but that was my work yeah that was like not for me because it wasn't that my like husband wasn't a, a generous lover shall we say like he's fucking awesome um but i was like no i don't want you to do that for me and he'd be like but i really want to please you and i'm like no i just can't be bothered like you, you just crack on with it I developed a terrible all over skin rash because of my sexual oppression and like years of trying to work out what it was. So an antihistamines, hydro, like corticosteroid cream that the doctors would give me, even though I did my Chinese traditional medicine, I did Ayurvedic, I did all the stuff that we know that you and I would recommend to someone, but it wasn't until I started getting, um, yeah, like actually full on kinky that did that, did that disappear. And in fact, it was, scorpio season it was halloween and we tried some really nice stuff that was the last day i ever took an antihistamine ever Ooh, right so Can, when thinking like we probably need to finish soon um do you think oh, i don't even know if we can even cover this here or whether we have to get you back on again but i guess we've got two things here the one is we you've got somebody who just is so disconnected from their sex life they're not even interested so that's kind of what we've been talking about and the stuff you're doing with your clients but what about somebody who's doing the service sex can we kind of end on like how you might reintroduce a little bit of play and a little bit of fun mm -hmm. and you know some of this scorpio shit that you've just been talking about scorpio kinky shit so absolutely so again um less from like a mechanical point of view because it wasn't that we necessarily uh i mean we did we did try like being tied up and blindfolded and stuff like that, right? Which is which is cool, which you know, um, but I had to do the work for myself. Mm -hmm. And I I had to be like, I need to feel confident in myself. So when um yeah, where we are having service sex, say say you brought out 50 different toys and all the blindfolds and all the paddles and everything, if you're not feeling into your sensuality, you're gonna see them and be like, no freaking thanks so it, that's what i mean it's not a case of being like try this awesome vibrate i mean don't get me wrong there's some freaking good ones on the market but if we are if we are not stepping into our pleasure and our empowerment that is still going to be really really far down the line so like something for instance um especially as like it's spring coming up yeah like this awakening so mm -hmm. we're feeling into this maiden energy whether or not we necessarily feel more turned on but this is the energy of the season so she's flirtatious she's playful you know she's the adolescent that's about to step into sexual awakening we see this like physically with the flowers you know they're like blooming and pushing up there's something really freaking phallic about it <laughs> but they're you know they're bursting into life the flowers are starting to to blossom and open to the sun that they're, they're kind of lying back and they're like i'm ready to receive the sunlight like penetrate me yeah like all the colors they're literally designed to attract the insects to cross pollinate like we it's this time is sexy time so what can be really nice is basically dating the self again romancing seducing the self for our awakening and our arousal now one of the things that i recommend of being a pisces i'm like water be in the bath like all the time all where you can but as mothers sometimes we hear oh, oh i'd love to have a bath i just don't have time 
or you know we've all been there right where we've had a shower and we brought the baby in in a moses basket and kind of put them on the floor so like we could we're still there we're still two seconds but it's the only time and i haven't washed my hair in three weeks and i feel freaking gross mm. yeah or your partner's got the baby downstairs but you can still hear it crying even yeah. when it's crying and you can't relax mm-hmm. when we have a bath we're signaling to ourselves great this is something i'm not going to hop in and hop out of let's take it slow yeah if it means getting the baby or the kids out of the house great see you bye <laughs> get someone to do that for you light some candles put your favorite music on burn some incense like do something that signals to the subconscious oh i'm about to receive something here i'm about to slow down the amount of women i work with who are like oh it feels really um, like selfish it feels really indulgent and luxurious right there's nervous system work there to be done that's all that's all yeah um especially when we've when that kind of mum guilt you need to be doing this do this do this for your kids right so we're going to try and slow everything down a nice bath either and you know what my favorite thing to do is yes actually no my favorite thing to do is yes pleasure in a bath lovely but reading erotica and i am reading banging book at the moment which i really need to get some commission from because i'm recommending it to everyone Tell me. it's the hades and persephone's trilogy by um claire st scarlet or no wait scarlet st clement that's terrible that I don't even... well we will link it's to it in the show notes darkness, mm-hmm. uh, and there's there's more there's more books of them and oof for me so a it ticks the box about being mythology love it love a bit of that but it's Mm, delicious like, I can't wait to get to bed to read it <laughs> I'm so tired I managed to do two two pages so that's something because you know yes there's watching porn which you mean great but there's a lot about that instant gratification whereas when we read it slows everything down and you're imagining because I find porn to be too in my face yes literally sometimes she'll have it all in her face by yeah. many people yeah and if you've got any sexual trauma it's not fun no because you can't like close your eyes and just type in the thing that you want and then just hope that you're not going to see some other stuff right it can be highly triggering yeah if you're like no thanks it's like okay cool i'm just going to put the book down but that you see that's why i love so reading erotica yummy writing it so like there are yeah tell me writing erotica for me is one of my absolute um uh, creative pleasurable outlets I I just love it I love it and I'm, I wouldn't say exactly at all anywhere near that I'm the best writer but I know what turns me on and I know how to write as if I'm my audience because at the end of the day I am my audience right yeah I am that woman that's been through what she's been through so writing that is so much fun so you might get like you might read some stuff and then get some ideas yourself and you don't have to bloody self-publish on amazon or write to penguin but doing it for the sake of doing it oh it's incredible there are so many instagram accounts now that are doing similar highly recommend looking for that sort of stuff so imagine that you're having this lovely relaxing bath you're reading something that's turning you on that's amazing you might then you know give yourself a really slow sensual massage with oil maybe you feel confident enough to do it in front of the mirror maybe there's dance and you have some sexy music on that makes you feel alive um coming back to what turns you on and that does not mean needing to then have an orgasm needing to masturbate for orgasm's sake it can just be riding in the arousal so Mm -hmm. if we think about we're awakening the spring maiden 
yeah, I'm like, oh, actually, that really turns me on. Or I really like the idea of that. Or like, oh, let me just reach out and speak to someone about what that might be like. You know, so we we get to be curious and playful because at the end of the day, pleasure is play. Mm-hmm. As adults, it's play. So wherever we can um, we can draw that out, that's that that is where it's at. So you only eggs like that's completely for you yeah it might arouse your partner to be like oh, i'm just popping this egg inside right okay great <laughs> sure take it babe, whatever you want but when we're like that's for us that's when we're empowered that's when we're embodied and that's when we freaking find our pleasure oh my god that's like the best line to finish on becky thank you so much you are absolutely so fascinating i'm gonna i feel like i want to work with you now <laughs> How's it? Well, I'm I mean, going to come shortly, aren't I? So yes. let's go. Sign me up for some body work because I didn't get any last time. What? I didn't touch you last time? Mm-mm. Okay, promise. Gonna Next do that. time. Thank you yeah. so much. You're so welcome, my darling. Lovely to see you. Me Lots too. of love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time for another episode of Happily Ever After with me, Hannah Harvey. It would be wonderful if you could leave a review and subscribe. And of course, if you've got a friend who might enjoy this episode, then please do pass it on. For anything else, you can get in touch with me through either Instagram at mumsdays or through my website, mumsdays.com. <laughs>